All right, welcome back to the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to hook up with Mark Spector from Sportsnet in a minute or so. Uh, thanks to the uh, Duke of Delburn for his first ever uh, sports update here on Sports 1440. Delburn, just uh, the Duke, where it's about, uh, what, 20 minutes by Red Deer? Uh, yeah, Coach Gullitson was actually just passing. He said he was going through Red Deer there. You mentioned the Gasoline Alley Donut Mill. Great place to stop <laughs> going through on uh, on Gasoline Alley. But, yeah, about 25 minutes east of Red Deer where Delburn AB is located, family farm uh just between the two towns, Red Deer and Delta. And you, yeah, you mentioned the family farm, so they're hard at it right now. Hard at it, yeah, yeah. Getting some uh, some crop knocked down. We swath everything, so let that ripen for a little bit. But, and you're here, and I'm here. Yeah, yeah this, so, uh, this is a much more cushy gig, I will say. I think there might be a little more heavy lifting out in Delburn right now. You bet. <laughs> All right, uh, let's bring in uh, Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sports Night. Roger Sportsnet and Speck will join us every day at 8 o'clock. Speck and I go back a long ways, uh, 25 years or so. And uh, Mark, how uh, was your weekend? Welcome to Sports 1440, the Kevin Carrier Show. Um, excited to get going just like the rest of us after a little bit of a break. But uh, just uh, your thoughts on getting going here again. Yeah, real fun, Kev. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited about it. You know, I'm a... I'm like, I'm well, you weren't around back then, maybe in Edmonton. I don't know if you were around in the Josh Short years for long, Kev, or if you were still back home in Saskatchewan, but I'm like Gregor. I grew up listening to John Short, and when I get in my vehicle, the first dial I go to is whoever's playing sports radio, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's back in the day, it was old CFRN 1260 with John Short, and mm-hmm. it's moved around a lot since, but these last couple months when – you get in your truck and start driving around town, and there's no, there's a sports story out there, and no one's talking about it. It's been a weird, weird situation in this town. And now we have that platform to bring it to you for sure. Before we start talking hockey, uh, you had a, another busy uh, off season in the sense that you did the Mark Spector golf tournament uh, for Sports Central. We're going to get to a little initiative that uh, Sports 1440 is going to be doing with Sports Central. Uh, but first, uh, just to address how your tournament went again, you've been doing it for now 10 years, and, I mean, the support just must always amaze you. Yeah, you know what, it is. It's really, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's about Sports Central, and it's about, you know, giving kids the opportunity that, that you and I and most of our listeners had where, you know, I learned, I just heard Chris Jones on the station talking about how when he was a kid, how, how he learned in football what his role was there. He learned that maybe if he was going to stay in the game, he was going to have to become a coach. But it was, it was being in the game that taught him that. And, you know, you and I played sports our whole lives. And, and I mean, I'm joining a new team here today with you guys. And, and everything I learned about teamwork, whether it's working at Sportsnet or being in a business or, or coming to a new radio station. I learned it, you know, being a very decent baseball pitcher and a pretty average hockey defenseman, pal. Uh, well, with that know. helmet that you wear, yes, average for sure. <laughs> well, you know, but you got to get into the game to yes. learn all the stuff. You got to learn how to carry yourself when you win and learn how to carry yourself when you lose and learn how to treat a teammate when he makes a mistake. And, and at Sports Central, you know what? We had so much, this is our 10th tournament. And the people around the city that believe in the same thing that, that we all believe in, the, the people at MHK Insurance and Fountain Tire has been so good to us. And, you know, Delhi down in Next Gen. And, you know, we got a cat up in Wilf Rast up in Grand Prairie with North Star Hydrovac, and he is at our tournament and sponsoring every single year. Just they're coming from all over, Kevin. They all, we're all pulling on the same rope here. So 
it's an honor to be involved. Well, I golf with Wilf, and he was great, and you just said it. We are all pulling on the same rope. That's why uh, Sports 1440 is uh, teaming up with Sports Central for our inaugural bike drive this September. Uh, so basically, the bike awesome. shop at Sports Central is very busy. You know that. Yep. Um, 3,000 bikes this year alone. Uh, over 2,600 of them went to kids in need. And then you get a helmet as well, which is so important. Uh, so the goal is for Sports 1440 and this bike drive is to collect 1,000 new and generally used bikes this month. So we all sizes uh, for kids that are ages uh, all the way from 6 to 12. We're kind of focusing on the younger kids a little bit. So if you're yeah. cleaning out your garage uh, and you want to make some room for the winter, Take one of those uh, bikes to any of the four locations that are uh, collecting the donations, and that's at United Sports Cycle, Revolution Cycle, Bonnie Dune Shopping Center, and London Dairy Mall. So take those bikes in, and, uh, I mean, the kids need it, and you've seen it firsthand, and you've talked about that, spec with just think of all the kids that would have never got there. And, I mean, yes, we look at the guys like Alfonso Davies and things like that, but there are thousands and thousands of other kids that need this help. So uh, just when you look at that help, how do you see the city coming together always? And again, time and time and time again. Well, yeah, you know what? Everybody out there, listen, you know how expensive everything is. And I remember when when I grew up in this city in Edmonton, and I'm born and raised here, uh, a a family where mom and dad both had jobs was was more rare than the family where mom stayed home. And today, I mean, I don't know how anyone can afford a one a one income family anymore. And what that means is kids, you know, have a harder time getting to a practice. They can't join a team if you can't get to practice. And you brought up Alfonso Davies. You know, here's a kid. His parents come over from Liberia. He's born in a you know, in an internment camp, he gets here, his parents are doing nothing but working as hard as they can to put food on the table. And him and his brother came down to Sports Century, gave him a couple of bikes, and what did that? He gave him the freedom to join a soccer team and get to practice, right? Because mom and dad were too busy some nights to get him and his brother to practice. And look, they don't all turn into Alfonso Davies, you know that. But... Uh, that's an example of a kid gets a little freedom. He gets to go off on his own and, and try something he likes, and he turns into Alfonso Davies. So, uh, listen, we, the, the, the city's filled with people who just need little opportunity, and that's what we're trying to do. For sure, yeah. So uh, check out our website at uh, 1440.ca. You can see all the um, places you can donate for the bike drive, and we want to get that done. Month. So, Spec, you had a busy summer as well, down at the lake, uh, checking your computer every day to see what was going on, and, uh, you know, the Oilers doing this, Oilers doing that, and that's, of course, your bread and butter, our bread and butter. Uh, where do you see the off season? if you could rate it? What would you give it a grade, or what did you like? What didn't you like? Well, the one thing about these Oilers, and we've been around a team that, that remade itself every summer, right? We've all been around teams here in Edmonton where we spend the summer talking about the first overall and talking about who the new coach should be or who the new GM is going to be. And, and, you know, when Ken Holland showed up here five years ago, that's the word he used the most was stability. And you build stability by hiring the right people, which I think by and large the orders have done. And then you build stability by winning and having a roster that doesn't need turnover every year. So, you know, now they're they're fine-tuning this roster. I mean, you move out of Yamamoto, you bring in a, 
to Connor Brown, right? The defense, they're probably going to be the exact same seven defensemen here that ended the season last year. Your two goalies, they're going to be the same two goalies. Now we can all discuss, and we will here at 1440, whether these guys are good enough and whether that tandem is going to work. We'll talk about that all winter. But my point is, it hasn't been a summer where they're outside making giant signings and changing things over. Why is that, Kev? Because they're a pretty good team. You know, they're not a perfect team, but it's a pretty good roster. It doesn't need an overhaul every summer. So I've enjoyed as this team matures and gets better. Frankly, I've enjoyed having the summer where I'm watching the guy in Calgary who's, you know, my buddy Eric Francis down there is worried about five or six players at one out of town. We're not doing that in Edmonton right now, and it's to be honest, it's kind of a pleasure, Kev. Mark Spector's our guest from Rogers Sportsnet on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 at the Palatial Studios of West Edmonton Mall, the Stingray Studios. Um, Speck, when you look at the Oilers as far as what they can do, and every team is up against the cap, um, is this the way that it is now, like teams like Toronto, teams like Edmonton, when you build a team, you have to be top-heavy? Is there any way around this anymore? Yeah, no, right? I mean, I think the Oilers are blessed with the fact that they have, you know, let's talk about $10 million players here, just for fun. You know, the Leafs have kind of got four guys here, if you count Nylander, and I don't think you can have four forwards making that kind of money and still build a successful team. The Oilers have two, and they're two of the very best in the world. So I think you can have two guys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, pay them the top dollar, and if the cap goes up a little, Kev, I think you can build around that. I don't think you can have four. You know, yeah, I know what, I know what Darnell Nurse makes too, but he's not a forward. At least you got a defenseman there. Uh, but you know what? Here's your problem. You can have Leon and Connor and say, how are we going to pay these two guys? Or you can have two guys that aren't anywhere near as good and say, how are we going to win a Stanley Cup? So I'll take the Oilers problem every day. <laughs> and you know, I'll take I'll take Drysaddle and McDavid and figure out how to pay them. Uh, I think they'll be able to. And I sense when all is said and done, those two guys aren't going to be uh, the highest paid players in the league by six or seven million dollars. I think they're the kind of players that will they'll get paid and they should get paid, Kev. Mm-hmm. But I think they're the kind of guys that want to win a Stanley Cup and realize if they take too much of the pie, there's no way to build a roster around them. Mark Spector joins us on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Glenn Gullitson a little earlier just before you, but you could hear the excitement in his voice. And, you know, we hear that every time at this year. We hear it from every player, every coach, every team. I, I don't know, maybe it just sounded because it was Glenn Gullitson talking, but it seems a little more that a little more feeling to it. Do you get that feeling because of what happened last year uh, in the playoffs and looking forward to this year with the moves? And uh, Yeah, you know, I, I think that he has every right to feel that way. Like, I, you know, it's such a big picture thing for me, Kev, to watch an Oilers team. You know, everyone's asking me that I run into in the city at the lake, hey, how are the Oilers going to do this year? And, you know, you never know when you, your time comes to win a Stanley Cup, but this team has checked a lot of the boxes, right? Their time is closer than far. They, they lost that disappointment to Chicago back in the bubble. They, they lost the series to Winnipeg that, uh, you know, I've never seen a team get swept four straight and be in command of that much of a series, but that was what happened to them. They, 
You know, then they took a little run, and they got beat by a Colorado team that was definitely a better team. Connor McDavid told me a couple weeks ago, he says, I can say it now, they were better than we were. Uh, and then they had a disappointment last year where they really went into that thing and said, you know what, we should beat Vegas. They didn't, and Vegas went on and won a cup that a lot of those orders think should have been there. So I guess I'm going to tell you, we watched Tampa. Uh, we watched Tampa you know, stumble a few times before they turn into the Tampa Bay Lightning. We know now. I we watched Colorado. I watched them here in the bubble. They had such a good team. They got some injuries. They're playing Hutchinson and goal. They couldn't handle even Dallas. They lost the series. So Edmonton has checked those boxes. They've had their failures. They've come at this thing a few years now. It's not just a one-year wonder. And, you know, they can look you in the eye and say, hey, we paid our dues and we're ready to win a cup. Will they win it this year? I'm not ready to tell you that right now. There's a lot between now and then. But you certainly can't look at the orders and say, oh, they're not ready. They haven't paid their dues. They don't have the experience. They haven't been around long enough. They've done all those things, Kevin. They are ready to win a Stanley Cup. I think they are too, for sure. And I mean, the old saying, you got to learn to lose before you win. I don't know if I buy that all the time. Right, uh, but it, it certainly is a phrase that gets thrown out there. Mark Spector's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports fourteen forty. Uh, we get on the text line is one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. A couple texters uh, chiming in. Yes, we are working out on a few glitches here and there. It's we've been on the air for an hour. It's uh, we're just starting out, so please be patient with us. Uh, if the signal wherever you are might not be coming in as clear, you can also go to the App Store. It's free. You can download the iHeartRadio or Stingray or Radio Player app. Uh, the signal's clear. Uh, and, of course, we appreciate you listening to our launch day on Sports 1440. Uh, Spec, I think tomorrow the Oilers are having an announcement regarding the Heritage Classic. Uh, yes. Is there anything that you've kind of heard? And, I mean, it's 20 years since the, the first ever one, but uh, you were there, I was there, everyone was there, and it was a wild day. We all know how cold it was, but uh, anything, <laughs> anything you can kind of parlay for what's going to be announced tomorrow? Well, my understanding is ticket sales have gone very well for considering that it's been over the summer. And I think what they're trying to do here, Kevin, is, is just give this thing a little publicity, get it back in the uh, in people's faces a little and say, hey, if you want to buy tickets to this thing, we got some left, but we don't have that many. Uh, I don't think there's a giant announcement in terms of you know something that's going to turn this thing over. There, I mean, I think all of us have seen that the NHL is awfully good at putting on these outdoor games. It's amazing how far it's come since that first one, uh, November 22nd. What year was that, Kevin? I don't even know. Yeah, 2003, so it's a 20-year. I was on the bench doing the, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the classic game. I was on the Canadians bench. Gene Principe was on the Oilers bench, and it was smoking hot on the bench. They had the, the, the flamethrowers. I remember I was standing beside uh, Bob Ganey for three hours, and he was sweating. He was so hot on well, that. That's ironic. You'd be on the bench. You'd be very pretty comfortable in that spot, I was eh? just fine where I was. Thanks, Spec. Yeah. <laughs> so, Spec, uh, we're going to be doing this every morning at 8. Looking forward to it. And once, uh, I mean, the captain skates are starting, we're getting things going with yep. camp coming around the corner, so we'll look forward to your insight every day at 8 o'clock. So, thanks. All right, can't wait for it, Kev. Let's go. Again, congratulations to you guys and firing this thing up. I'll tell you what, I, I know I'm on the station with you, and I'm enjoying it. But I, I'm every bit as much like one of the listeners out there. I just want to be able to get in my truck and drive around the city and hear about what's going on in the world of sports and the northern Alberta world of sports. Yes. And we're sure happy to have it back. Okay. Well, thanks for this, Spec. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right.
Sportsnet's Mark Spector. We're back with our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter, and that's Frank Saravelli. This is the Kevin Carrius Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to Sports 1440. It's 8.20. Our headliner of the day is uh, Frank Saravelli, and our headliner of the day is brought to you by... Mr. Reuter, uh, you know, they're sports fans just like all of our listeners and all of us here. Uh, we are pumped, and they are pumped, Talk Sports Radio, and the fact that Sports Radio is back. So for all your plumbing needs, just go to Mr. Reuter, Mr. Reuter, Time to bring in Frank Saravelli as our headliner. Frank, how's it going, big guy? Kevin, good to be with you. Glad to be on Sports 1440. This is a big day. Excited to be here. Well, I always, when you've been doing your shows, I always look at your background. That's when, when guys are doing these shows, and you, that's the first thing that I look at, being a TV background. So yours is pretty sharp. Just what do you got going behind you? Kind of just describe that. <laughs> I got some of my favorite things behind me. I've got uh, my son's, this side, my son's first pair of hockey skates. Uh, I've got uh, an Eagles helmet. Uh, I'm a Philadelphian and, and big Eagles fan and Phillies fan. I got the Canadian and American flags, a typewriter, uh, some daily face-off stuff, some books. So lots going on. Well, that's pretty cool. So in Philadelphia, obviously you're... Uh, you know the most about the Pennsylvania teams. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Maybe it's Pittsburgh where we start because they had quite the big offseason. Uh, Eric Carlson being the big, big signing and trading, pardon me. Where do you see what Pittsburgh's doing and with their window of opportunity here? It's going to be a fascinating year, Kevin, because this is a team that didn't make the playoffs in a year in which Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin were healthy all season long. Uh, they had some question marks, certainly with the health of their goaltender in net and Tristan Jari. They re-signed him to a big deal. And Kyle Dubas changed out a significant chunk of this roster as part of his transition from Toronto to Pittsburgh and then got one of the biggest fish on the market in Eric Carlson as the reigning Norris Trophy winner, 100-point defenseman last year in San Jose. My thing is... Can it work? Can it all come together in time as Pittsburgh is trying to do everything that they can to keep this championship window from closing or really slamming shut? They've got six guys on their roster that uh, actually a huge bulk of their roster is north of 34 guys, 35 or older. And that doesn't include Eric Carlson, who's 34. So can this all come together in time this year to really make a significant run at it. It's not just eking into the playoffs. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins, Kevin, can be a playoff team this year. The question is, with Eric Carlson, will they have vaulted themselves into the contender category that the Edmonton Oilers are in? For sure. You mentioned uh, Tristan Jari, of course, played here in Edmonton for the Oil Kings. Where do you see his play elevating and can it and how critical is that to their success? Can it elevate? Yes. I think he's one of those guys that's supremely talented. The big thing for me is is availability and dependability. Those are two of the biggest abilities. And he's dealt with some nagging injuries the last few years that, you know, I think have really made it difficult for him to compete on a nightly basis. And when he's been healthy, I think he's in the top 10 in the league in terms of net minders. He's that good. But it's that consistency factor that I think you're missing. Just go and look at his games played year in and year out. 
he's not getting to that um, that upper echelon of of netminders in terms of games played. And not that you need that. I think a perfect balance is sort of right around 55, 58 games. But when you're you're paying Tristan Jari to be your starter, he needs to provide a bit more than that. Frank Saravelli is our Mr. Reuter headliner from the Daily Faceoff. Frank, let's just go to Philadelphia. And uh, again, you are closer to this team than probably anyone else. Uh, how would you describe how their offseason went, the Flyers? Well, Kevin, they're trying to get to the bottom. And they were near the bottom previously. I think the real interesting thing for me watching the Flyers this year is can they get lower than where they were last year? And, and that might sound tough to do because, for one, they have a coach in John Tortorella that wants his team to compete. He seems to squeeze every drop out of his teams in terms of talent that he can. And two, they're also getting two pretty significant players back from injury in Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. So will that bump the Flyers up in the standings a bit in a year in which the full-scale rebuild is on? They're still in the process of tearing this team down, and it's going to be a while to really bottom out. I think the key to a rebuild is trying to get there as fast as you possibly can so that you can accumulate as many assets and draft picks as possible and leverage those. Uh, you need a little bit of luck and help along the way. And it, it really hasn't been proven that the, the full-scale rebuild really works. But I think you watch a team like Chicago and now Connor Bedard, yes, some luck involved in winning the lottery, but still you bottom out in the right years and you set your team up for success. But I guess I don't need to tell you that being in Edmonton. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Frank Cervelli is our headliner on a Tuesday morning to kick off Sports 1440 here in Edmonton, we mentioned Tristan Jari and his ties to Edmonton, another Edmonton goaltender, uh, Carter Hart for the Flyers. Uh, where do you see where his play was last year and where can it go? And his uh, how, how significant his play has to be for Philadelphia to be competitive? Yeah, I think Carter Hart really bounced back in a big way last year. Um, the numbers probably wouldn't tell you that. He only went from a 9.05 to a 9.07 save percentage. But when you looked at Carter Hart on the ice, he was much more competitive. Uh, he was dominant for a stretch of time. And his numbers got better as the team around him got a lot worse. So a 9.07 save percentage on a team that finished in the bottom five or seven in the league really tells you something. There would be a ton of uh, teams right around the playoff fringes that would love to get a 9.07. I think the big thing with Carter Hart, and there's been plenty of whispers, there's been lots of talk, um, especially in the Philadelphia market, as the Flyers have continued to add goaltenders, is, is Carter Hart in any which way tied to this uh, Hockey Canada investigation for the mm -hmm. 2018 World Junior Team, which, by the way, we've heard nothing about all summer, and we're getting very close to training camp, and uh, and the season regular season is knocking on the door here as we are on the other side of Labor Day. What would that mean for Carter Hart and potentially the Flyers moving forward? So you say you haven't really heard anything regarding that investigation, but where do you see that playing out? You know, it's really tough to say because I think the big expectation for everyone around hockey circles and speaking to general managers and agents and even some players, they're basically expecting the league to drop the hammer provided that they have um, what they feel is is strong and, and reliable information. So um, 
I think everyone knowing that the league's investigation was quote substantially complete way back in June at the Stanley cup final. And even months before that, the NHL's investigation was mostly complete, but they were waiting to compare notes with the London police service. And they didn't want to go forward in terms of, you know, issuing any penalties or anything like that until they really got the full scope of the London investigation. And so, um, it's been at a standstill. I think we've all been waiting for that to come. And frankly, I'm surprised that it's dragged on as long as it has, because I reported way back in mid July, Kevin, that teams were already bracing for impact Mm -hmm. and awaiting some bad news. For sure. Uh, Frank Saravelli is our headliner for Mr. Reuter on sports 1440, the Kevin Carrier show. Uh, Before we get to the Oilers and a couple questions for you there, what did you think of the Austin Matthews signing in Toronto? Did it uh, raise your eyebrows? Were you surprised or did you figure this is how it would play out? I kind of thought that this would be the range that he would be in in terms of AAV and also in term. And I know that the term only getting four years has really surprised people. And some fans in Toronto weren't very happy saying, how come Connor McDavid and how come Nathan McKinnon and just name a big star player in the league? How come all those guys are taking eight year deals and we can only get our star player in Austin Matthews to sign for four? Mm-hmm. I don't really get worked up about that or worried about it. One, because if your team is competitive and if uh, everything's going well, there's no reason he wouldn't re-sign after that. And even if, let's just say, because he has one year left on his deal, which keeps him in Toronto for a total of five more seasons, even if he walks at age 31, is that the worst thing in the world? You will have bought, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, the 13 very best years that Austin Matthews mm-hmm. will play. So I think you worry about that part of it later. People were already up in arms when he signed his second contract out of entry level saying, can't believe it was only five years. Well, we got to the other end of that and he re-signed. So um by virtue of the cap increasing next season, Kevin, to approximately 87 and a half million bucks, he really didn't change the Toronto Maple Leafs cap picture at all, mostly because it's not a significant raise relative to percentage of cap by the time the deal kicks in. So it hasn't changed the Leafs' ability to build their team around him and some of their other star players. The thing is, What do the other pieces around him look like when it gets to that point? Will William Nylander still be there? What happens? Obviously, John Tavares, he's got some time left on his deal, but things could be changing as he gets further into that term. And every team has these problems, and they're good problems to have, better than the uh, other side for sure. Frank Cervoli is our guest for Mr. Ruder, our headliner of the day on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440, and Texter writes in, uh, Babbage stash, and I guess that would be Dave Babbage because I was just with Wayne Babbage at Craig Simpson's golf tournament. He doesn't have a stash. So uh, just good luck with the show. Uh, thanks for bringing Sports Talk back. And just wondering if uh, Frank is a, a, a regular guest. So Frank will guest with us every Tuesday and Thursdays on the Kevin Carey Show and same time slot for the most part at 820 every day. Uh, Frank, you had a little article about uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and, and the possibilities of them remaining Oilers for, if you want to call it life, or even longer term than what we talked about with Austin Matthews. Uh, just kind of tell our listeners about the genesis of that article and kind of where your mindset was uh, writing it and broadcasting it. 
Yeah, I think people, Kevin, were, I don't want to say, going back to the same conversation we were just having about Austin Matthews, you know, there's been some angst. What happens when Leon Dreisaitl's contract is up? What happens when Connor McDavid's contract is up? What happens if the Oilers haven't won by that point? Will either one of them seek greener pastures elsewhere? And I I think there's almost no chance of that happening. Just look at social media this summer. Feels like everywhere Connor McDavid went, Leon Dreisaitl was in his pocket along with him, uh, whether it's at the BioSteel camp, whether it's at a concert, a show, whatever it might be. Those two seem to be attached at the hip. And that's a really good thing if you are an Oiler fan, because first off, I never had any inkling that they were going anywhere, but their bond seems incredibly tight. And for two of the best players in the world, if not the two best players in the world, that's exactly what you want if you're an Oiler fan in terms of longevity and, and maximizing your chances to win. I say this all the time. Where else on the planet can Leon Dreisaitl play with Connor McDavid? The answer is nowhere except Edmonton. And the inverse is also true. So if that's the case, I don't see either one of those guys going anywhere. And in fact, I think the bond was only strengthened this summer with Jeff Jackson coming in Mm -hmm. as the new CEO of hockey operations for the oil. Which was my next question, Frank. How much did that increase the possibility of this happening? I think in a significant way. Look, you're always, if you're in Connor McDavid's shoes or Dreisaitl's shoes, you want someone that you trust that you think can help put the pieces around you to give you the best chance to compete year in and year out. Ken Holland has done that. He's stabilized the Oilers in a big way as he enters the fifth and final year of his contract since coming over from Detroit. And when you look at where this team was and where it's heading, I I don't think the Oilers could be in a better spot right now than they are. They've got, like I said, the two best players in the world. They filled out their team around them. They had a big summer in adding Connor Brown at, mm-hmm. a, at an insignificant price point, uh, which is really important for their cap. They've got some young players that continue to be moved along. And so when you look at that and then you see Jeff Jackson come in, a voice that Connor McDavid's had in his camp since he was, I don't know, 12 years mm-hmm. old. Someone that has an impeccable resume like Jeff Jackson does, an attorney, someone that already worked in an NHL front office, handled some of the biggest stars in the league as a a noted player agent, all those things. And, And by the way, former NHL player himself, he understands what it's like when you mash all those things together. Not only does it make sense, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't all put it together sooner as someone that really highlights and and underlines uh, a franchise that really needed a succession plan. For sure. Uh, One last topic for you, Frank, just with the Professional Women's Hockey League. Where do you see this going? And I I think we kind of feel slighted a little bit out here West, you know, in the West, because there aren't any teams out here. But um, I, I get it because of travel and, you know, they have constraints and things like that. But where do you see this building and moving on in the future? 
I think it's only going to continue to grow. I think what they'd really like eventually is support and backing from the NHL. Mm -hmm. I think from the NHL's perspective, the PWHL needs to prove its growth. And I think they have um, some fantastic support from Stan Kasten, the owner of the LA Dodgers, and also Billie Jean King. Plus the people running the league, Jaina Hefford, et cetera. Um, they're in great hands to really finally now get the very best women's hockey players in the world all in the same league. That was the one thing that was so disappointing about watching the two separate factions, the PWHPA, and then also um, the other league that was out there, the PHF, because the PHF they had the best setup and support, but didn't have the best players, the players that were playing in the Olympics mm -hmm. for team Canada and the United States. So now that's all under one roof. Now there's no competing faction. And I think we only see continued growth from here. And what I will add, that's going to be fascinating Kevin to watch from a business perspective is this one league is owned by one person. Stan Kasten owns 100% of all six franchises, I see continued growth and expansion. And then at some point, two years, four years, 10 years, whatever it might be, I see him selling off franchises individually to get his money back. So this would be a kind of a similar business model, possibly like the CEBL, the basketball league, where the league started it up. And then just recently the Edmonton franchise here, the Stingers was bought by a group of people. So, um, do you see and also the MLS? Yes, uh, good point. Um, do you see expansion kind of like again? We're we're kind of out west here. We're saying like you know we got great women hockey players here too, and we'd like to see them and support them out here. Do you see that kind of happening in the next little bit? I'd like to see demonstrated success in the East first, and I'd also like to see the player talent pool continue mm -hmm. to grow. I think the last thing you want is to have a, a product because there are that many women's hockey players you know you look at team usa team canada and then after that the rest of the world stage look at the olympics and world championships every year those other countries haven't produced the players just yet i think to really fill out um you know what would be a 12 team league so i'd imagine it's probably going to be pretty concentrated for a while until you can continue to grow that talent pool and then you could possibly expand. And would you see, would you think there'll be a lot of European women hockey players that come over? Yeah, I think there's certainly going to be a few to start and you're going to see some signings that come out uh, here in the next few days since their free agency opened. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a handful and it's only going to continue to grow. Hey, Frank, thanks for this. Uh, great chatting with you. Look forward to uh, talking to you again on Thursday. And that's our uh, headliner for the day. And, uh, Frank, this has just been very enlightening and to get that perspective out from out east and, and even on the women's uh, game for sure. So thanks for this, Frank. Looking forward to it, Kevin. All right. That's uh, our headliner of the day, Frank Valley, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Uh, they're sports fans just like the rest of us for sure. Uh, pumped up to talk sports radio and the fact that it's back for all your plumbing needs. You can go to mrreuter.ca. Our text line is open. 1-833-401-1440. Our phone line, 780-451-8096. My email, kevin at sports1440.ca. The Duke of Delburn email, brandon at sports1440.ca. We're going to talk a little, uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about 
a very special guest that's going to come into our studio, and that's uh, Edmonton Police Chief uh, Dale McPhee. And uh, a lot of people, why are you having Dale on? Well, Dale was a heck of a hockey player back in the day, played four years for the Prince Albert Raiders, won a Memorial Cup with the Prince Albert Raiders back in 1985, scored, I think, close to 50 goals the following year. Uh, they used to call him uh, Mucker back in the day. That was his hockey nickname. So we're looking forward to that at the top of the hour. But we've got more open line as far as the texting goes. I'm going to try to get that under control. And we've got uh, a whole bunch more. Grant Fear coming up as well at 10 a.m. So he will be our weekly Tuesday guest, normally at 9 a.m., but Fearsy is going to come on at 10 today. So this is the Kevin Carrier Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to Sports 1440. Kevin Carrier in with you. It is 8.43, and a special guest just came into the studio from next door. We're in the uh, West Edmonton Mall uh, broadcasting out of the Stingray Studios. A young man next to me has been doing this for a long time. Terry Evans from K97. I'm over here on a PTO. And see if I can uh, if I can cut the mustard here on Sports 1440. Well, I just wish I had the radio voice that you had. That I had yeah, or have? Well, had. I mean, it's gone, it's gone down a it's lot. It's been a while. It's been a while. We go back 25 years, right? And then some. Yeah. Uh, but we still have one of the best sports stories going between... Uh, ourselves and a bunch of other guys that basically the masters went, went to the masters in 2005 yeah. and uh both of us terry evans and i saw probably the greatest golf shot probably ever we were 40 50 yards away not even yeah so why don't six, you describe that shot that it, we saw in 2005 it was the shot and uh it was right underneath the tree on 16 uh, I was in the second row. You were standing right beside me. People can see it. They they show the replay on TSN and, and Sportsnet all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing my yellow hat and yellow shirt. You're standing right there. Tiger tees off, and it goes down into the collection area where the where the grate is, uh, right beside the pond, in back of the pond. Goes over there. Uh, DeMarco was playing Chris DeMarco, with DeMarco, they, yeah. they were yeah. in a fierce battle so demarco standing there looking at tiger saying oh this is good good on him <laughs> and then tiger gets up there and he surveys the situation and hits the shot like aiming at 17 t box and it lands and then trickles down sits on the edge goes in the cup everybody goes absolutely bananas and you and i were there for it <laughs> was it a sound that you i've never heard that sound before it was the crescendo it went all the way up and then to yeah. zero in a millisecond and then explosion well it, it, it well do you remember Remember? Oh, absolutely, that, yeah. So that made us forget about the hole-in-one that we had seen a few groups earlier. And uh, I had never seen a hole-in-one before. Trevor Immelman? Um, I think it was Trevor Immelman. I think it was. It could, it could have been. Yeah. Uh, but just amazing. And we have, you know, Terry Tietzen took us down there. And yeah. it was an amazing trip. We had such a good time. We were there for every round, practice mm-hmm. round as well. Yeah. Not to golf. Yeah. Not at... Augusta, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah we golfed uh, up north. North. It was, a, it was almost a, like a look-alike uh, course, if I remember correctly, similar it, to. It Augusta. was pretty soggy and rainy that that when we golfed, but it, it was mm-hmm. a sure, sure. We you know being able to take pictures and yeah. stuff, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. What do you think of having some new bunk mates here? You're in the studio just next over to us, but so what do you think about having well, some I, new bunk mates? It, it's great to have you guys here, and uh, you know, Gregor and Low Tide, and we've known each other for years, and you and I would go back, way back. Uh, I just wanted to come over and warn you when you go in and use the, la- the latrine yes. back there it shares a wall with the shooting range so when you're <laughs> when there's when you're standing there doing your business and you hear gunfire it's just wild west it's not anybody out front okay so, well, just, 
Just fine. Anyway, I got to go and okay. finish my show. Great to have you guys. Yes. Welcome. And to all the listeners who are digging the sports talk, being back here. Good on you. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for stopping by. Again, we're in the Stingray Studios, West Edmonton Mall. Uh, Really exciting. When you walk uh, in the west end of the mall, it's kind of by the uh, the movie theater. And, and when you walk on the second level, you can see where we're broadcasting from. So um, looking forward to this next little bit. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to get the Duke Connor to read a couple of texts. I've just got to reach out to uh, one of our guests coming up here. So, Connor, if you want to read a couple of texts that have been coming in. Again, our text line, one 401 1440 Just one for instance, just to all, I'm, thank you so much for texting all the good wishes. I, I know we've had a, a few little technical problems here with uh, microphones, et cetera, but I think the, the sound quality is good now. And again, I think uh, you're going to enjoy what we are, are going to be bringing you. So uh, the Duke, can you read a couple of these while I just kind of gather a few information? Yeah, you bet, here? Kevin. You got uh, some pretty important contacts in your phone over there, making sure they're all lined up for our first couple of days on air. So like just to, to echo what you just said, we really appreciate everybody reaching out and with all their congratulations and thanks. And if there is any things going a little wonky or awry, we, we do appreciate them letting us know because obviously we can't hear things like that in the studio. So we're always doing our best to, to make the product as good as possible for everybody. Uh, but to roll through a few of the texts that were um, specific sports related. Uh, we have this one coming from um, Big Jack. Does this change things for McDavid Dreisaitl? Will they just do a four-year deal to max pay? Uh, leading off of that conversation you just had with Frank about the Austin Matthews new contract and McDavid and Dreisaitl's future in Edmonton. Well, I think anything's a possibility um, because that's just the, the landscape of what the NHL is right now. Players have to look out for themselves. They have to look out for their very best deal that each player can get. Now, you always hear the term and the phrase team-friendly. That happens as well. We saw it with Ryan McLeod. It's a deal that will help the team down the road, and if the team is successful, Ryan McLeod is going to be a key part of that, and Ryan McLeod will be a part of a, of a, a position moving forward where he has the ability to possibly deserve a bigger better contract so there is that there is that chance that yes maybe it is a shorter term deal but if you think of what frank cerevelli said well what's the worst thing that you had austin matthews or you had Connor mcdavid or you had leon drysaddle from the time they were 18 19 years old to the time they were 31 32 years old well you know it's a pretty good problem to have these guys have to look out for themselves the team must be uh, trying to do the, the best contract possible. I think Ken Holland, when you look at the big picture, has done a, a pretty good job. It's tough. It's tough when you got these salary caps and, and you're up against it every year. And you're, you know, one of the things the executives always say, they look at the meetings and they're waiting and they're going and they're, and they're looking at the big picture and they go, what is the salary cap going to go up? Can it go up $2 million next year? Do I have enough to get a decent player for that time? or whatever time slot I'm allowed, my window, et cetera. So um, kind of exciting to see uh, those kind of contracts play out, and we'll see what goes on from there. Yeah, the like Frank uh, alluded to, the fact that players are actually excited to be in Edmonton now, where for so long it seemed like this was a, a destination as a hockey market that free agents and whatnot tended to skew away from. I mean, we know the weather situation. We know the, the taxing in Canada situation. All these things now seemingly set aside, 
that players are excited to come here and, and play with the two best players in the world, right? Um, it's, it's a plus for sure, yeah. For sure. And one, uh, this one coming in from Wesley Snipes. Uh, congrats on the new <laughs> show, KK. Sorry to be Debbie Downer. I think the Oilers will regret that Connor Brown contract next year when the bonuses hit the cap. Wesley Snipes, yeah, that's the guy for sure. Uh, another one here. Good morning, gents. Uh, great to have you guys on the radio. We miss sports radio. That's from Warren in a diesel engine shop. Uh, and a lot of text coming in. Sounds like uh, the radio is coming in better. Da 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 da. Looking good. Da 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 da. Uh, it's great to have sports talk on Edmonton Radio again, Coach Mike. You know, uh, we still got lots of. Uh, guests coming in today but i thought brandon we wanted to kind of look at what we're doing tomorrow as well and we have an exciting guest coming on because you mentioned leon drysaddle so tomorrow morning we'll have a guy by the name of ron chazowski and ron played his minor hockey in edmonton st albert uh, played some junior in town here and then he went to northern michigan and uh, played there in the late 80s and after that he went over to germany and he stayed in germany since uh, the late 80s and early 90s um, I did a story when I was at Global on Ron and his uh, coaching career kind of thing. And one of the guys or two of the guys he coached uh, on the German national under 16 team, I believe, was Leon Dreisaitl and Tobias Reeder. So we're going to hook up with Ron Chazowski tomorrow and, and just kind of get a feel of where hockey is in Germany and get his um, thoughts on where it's going and looking back to what it was like coaching Leon Dreisaitl and, and Connor uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Tob- Tobias Reeder, so and kind of molding those two guys to where they are today. So kind of a cool uh, interview for tomorrow morning. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Grant Fear coming up later today. Um, he's going to be our your regular Tuesday co-host uh, starting at 9 o'clock next week. Uh, but every other day of the week, you've got um, yeah. great co-hosts going to be joining you usually for a couple hours each day. Um, including on Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, former NHLer David Schlemko. And one of the reasons that I reached out to David Schlemko about coming on was the one word, and that's perseverance. Uh, Schlemmer was never uh, drafted, came out of Edmonton, went to Medicine Hat, I believe, and then signed a contract and, and worked his way through various levels of minor hockey leagues to get to the NHL. And, you know, he... When you, he's not like he was never a big, big defenseman, uh, but he moved the puck well. And he was one of those guys that if you didn't notice, he was doing his job. So I think the perseverance factor, and he went on to play over 400 games in the NHL, which was a cool thing. So I always look at that word perseverance. And then Thursday is Ladislav Schmid, and Ladislav will guest with us from 7 to 9. And he's one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. And Schmid is, uh, will, uh, I'm sure regale us with a lot of stories when he was here in Edmonton, played seven years and was always an affable uh, young guy when he came in, of course, traded in the Chris Pronger trade, came here, played and then uh, moved on to play in Calgary, then went back to Czech Republic and always made his home again in Edmonton. And and that's another cool thing where a lot of these guys have such Edmonton ties and such, uh, they wanted to be here. And and that's that's the case with Ladislav Schmid. On Fridays, our regular co-host will be Eddie Steele. And Eddie Steele played for the Elks in, uh, what was it, 2013 to 2016. Steele, I mean, uh, very outspoken, very opinionated. He tells it like it is. He'll be great to talk about the Elks. He'll be great to talk about the CFL. And he'll be great to talk about, obviously, the NFL once we get rolling for sure. Um, And then Mondays is uh, Mondays with Munzee, Loria and Munzer. And this is a very exciting um, 
guess that we've kind of got for sure. There's no question about it. Lorianne is a is a well an Olympic gold medalist. One in two thousand in uh, four in Athens, gold medal women's sprint. She's an elite, elite results and success coach, and she's gonna. She has a terminology for what she does exactly. She has some, a mindset coach, but really looking forward to having her. So, uh, those are some. Well, it's good. we're gonna have some a lot of fun with those co-hosts every day. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. So, again, our text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You can dial us up seven eight zero four five one eight zero nine six, or you can shoot me off uh, email at Kevin at Sports. 1440.ca. It's time for a sports update with the Duke. All right, welcome back to the Stingray Studios at West Edmonton Mall Sports 1440, our launch day, and very excited to have our next guest join us in studio, Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee. Uh, Dale, thanks for coming in. I can't imagine how busy you are, but thanks for taking the time. No, it's uh, very much appreciated, Kev. It's just good to 